Good to see everybody this morning. It is a good welcome to Beecher Island. Uh, we praise Jesus for the moisture He gave us this week. You know, some got uh, you know two or three tents, and some got two inches. So it was a good rain. It was a good rain, and uh, we praise Him in that for the moisture for sure. We 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 praise Him for all the blessings this week. We also praise Him for helping us through any hard time maybe we have this week. So we, we praise Him in everything, and what a blessing it is that we can praise Him. It's truly a blessing that every one of you are here this morning. It's a blessing that you chose Beecher Island as the doors to walk through to come and join us, uh, even if you've been here for 90 years or one time. First time here, it doesn't matter. Uh, what a blessing it is that you have chosen Beecher Island to come today so that we can all worship together. And uh, what a great day it is that we get to do that. Uh, you know, if you're here for the first time, thank you for being here. But let me just say, please stick around so that we can get to know you better after church. Uh, uh, here at Beecher Island, we do like to talk. We do like to talk to each other. So, so just... Uh, if you're new, I know it's a little weird, but it's okay. Most of us are nice. Most of us. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Let me introduce Peter Island to you, though. We are an independent, non-nominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. And when I say Jesus-loving, that's what we are. We love Him. We know that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And the only way to the Father. That's what He tells us. And we love Him for it. We love Him that He went to the cross for us. We love Him that He rose from the grave for us. We love Him because He has prepared a place for us. And one day, if we confess Him as Lord, we'll be with Him in that place that He's prepared for us. And that's why we love Him. What a good thing it is. And so when I say Jesus loving, that is what we are. Um, we're going to continue on in our, in our study I don't even know if I can call it a study anymore. We're just in John. We're just in it. We've been in it for a long time. We're going to continue to be in it for a while. Um, I was really, uh, uh, you know, hoping that by fall, maybe John would be wrapped. It's not. So, uh, John 18 is where we're going to be. Uh, we jumped into it last week, into John 18, and... and, and uh, What a what a chapter. What a what an account that we have of Jesus. If you, if you haven't already, open your Bibles and jump over to, to John 18. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say just as I always do before I jump into this, that I want to make sure that we read it in the context in which John wrote it. We can't take it out of context. John wrote it for a reason, and he said in John twenty chapter, John chapter twenty verse thirty one. But these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you will have life in His name. What a statement! What a context to read it in. But it's the perfect context because that is why He wrote. And we have to keep that in mind. So we'll join me in prayer, and then we're going to read part of John 18. Father God, thank You for this morning. Thank You for the awesome uh, worship team that we have, the music team that we have to lead us in 
and just praising you. What a blessing it is to just sing. You you tell us to to sing to you in psalms and hymns and what a blessing it is to do that. Lord, I hope it sets our heart right, our minds right, as we just dig into your word and focus on, on the words that you have for us. And I pray this morning that, that we all hear your word and that nobody leaves here with my word. It's yours, God. I thank you for every person here this morning. I just pray that we set aside the things of this world, things that are not of you, we just focus on you right now. Thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Alright, John chapter 18. We're going to start back at verse 1. Because we set the scene. John sets the scene. And, and I'll tell you that John puts detail into his writing that really nobody else does. There are some details in John's writing, especially in chapter 18, that are in no other gospel. But John is a detail writer. And it's amazing of what he puts in there. 18, chapter, uh, verse 1. Chapter 18, verse 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, He went out with His disciples over the brook Kidron, where there was a garden, which He and His disciples entered. And Judas, who betrayed Him, also knew the place. For Jesus often met there with His disciples. Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests, and the Pharisees came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am. And Judas, who betrayed, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Then when he said to them, I am, they drew back and fell to the ground. Then he asked them again, Whom are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am He. Therefore, if you seek Me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled which He spoke of those whom you gave Me. I have lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my Father has given me? Then the detachment of troops and the captain of the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. And they led him away to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. Now it was Caiaphas who gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Now that disciple was known to the high priest and went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door outside. Then the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to her who kept the door and brought Peter in. Then the servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. And the servant of the officers who had made the, a fire of coals stood there, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. The high priest then asked Jesus about his disciples and his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spoke openly to the world. I always taught in synagogues and in the temple, where the Jews always meet. And in secret I have said nothing. 
Why do you ask them? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. Indeed, they know what I said. And when he had said these things, one of the officers who stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, <clears throat> saying, Do you, you answer the high priest like that? Jesus answered him, If I spoke, if I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why do you strike me? Then Anna sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. Therefore they said to him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of him whose ear Peter cut off, said, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter then denied again, and immediately a rooster crowed. We're going to stop there today. And we're going to count. What an account we have, and, and uh, when you just stop and just think about this situation. And what had to be going through Peter's mind, I, I struggle with even fathoming what Peter had to be thinking. I think about Peter we're not, not only watching his, his best friend, but his, but his Messiah be questioned by this mass of men who were carrying some light source and a weapon. And then here's Judas. The, the guy that had been with the disciples for the last three years, been with Jesus, standing on the other side, standing with the master. You know, uh, as much time as they spent together, right? I think that he had to be friends with Peter. We, we like to put Judas out there by himself, but I don't think that was the case. I think that he was a friend of Peter. And we know that Judas betrayed Jesus, but also in this? Is it too far to say that he also betrayed his friends? Betrayed Peter? Now I know that the betrayal of Jesus is way higher than the betrayal of his friends. The betrayal of his friends has a holy candle to the betrayal of Jesus. But I'm trying to wrap my mind around what was going through Peter's mind as all this was taking place here late at night. Watching his Messiah, watching his friend be questioned. And Peter's standing there hearing all this that's going on. Who are we looking for? Jesus of Nazareth. I am. And the people fall on the ground. We know that Judas then kissed Jesus and the, and the men came and grabbed Jesus. Peter pulls his sword out and he, and he, struck, this, he struck this man across the ear. I have to tell you, I, I don't look down on Peter for doing this. Maybe I should. But, but I, just, I just don't. He was absolutely a man that was a part to Jesus. Maybe I've shared this with the church before, but am I at Christie and I's wedding, uh, my best man made a toast and he said, you know, you have your friends, you have your best friends, you have your family, and then you have your parts. And you'll do anything for your parts. And I think 
I think that Jesus was a part to Peter. He would do anything for him. And here I think of what had to be on Peter's mind. And this is the way that I see it. This, this is the way that I, that I put it in my brain and maybe, maybe I'm way far off, but Peter thought, are you really messing with my party? Are you really coming up here to mess with my party? You boys must be looking for a fight. Now I want to set the scene for you. Peter, Peter was a big boy. In my mind, Peter was a big boy. Now, now, I think that people want to make Peter small because he walked on water and Jesus lifted him out of the water and set him back on the boat. Jesus could set a big boy up on the boat, okay? But think about Peter. Peter was outran. We know that later on, right? Peter was outran, run into the grave when Jesus had been resurrected. He was outran. Maybe he was a little bigger guy, a little slower. But we also know that he pulled a fishing net out of the water all by himself, full of fish. Okay? No little weakling could do that. It would take some mass and some muscle to pull out this net of fish. <clears throat> so I picture Peter as a pretty big boy. You know what? Uh, Here's this big boy standing with his hard, standing with his friends. And he says, you boys must be looking for a fight in his mind. Right? I mean, if I put myself there, I, maybe that's what my, my mind would be saying. Right? Man, he, he, you're looking for. You know, the odds were not in his favor. We talked about this a little bit last week. You can say that maybe there was four of them. Maybe there was all the disciples. Depending on the way you read. But there was at least 200, maybe 1,200 men standing there to arrest Jesus. Questioning. <laughs> and here's Peter. You boys must be looking for a fight. And he pulls his sword. And he uses it. I try to wrap my mind around this situation because I want you to know that Peter was a fisherman. He was in no way a swordsman. No way a swordsman. Okay? So, so at best, maybe Peter pulled this out to cut a couple branches, maybe cut some stuff off the ground, maybe to feed himself and use this sword. Maybe, maybe Peter had dreamed or thought about what a sword fight would be like. I mean, okay, for myself, I, I, like I take my pistol out and I shoot it once in a while. I, I, and if I'm, you know, calm and really close to the target, I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> but if my adrenaline was running and I actually had to use a pistol on somebody, I'm going to tell you, you're going to hope that I was... Barney Fife from the Andy Griffith show. My bullet was in my pocket and not in my gun, okay? <laughs> that was Peter. That was Peter with his sword. He was a fisherman. And I say an old rusty sword because it probably wasn't rusty, but 
I don't think it had ever been used in battle unless Peter stole it from a guy that used it in battle. I mean, I, I want to set the scene. This is what's taking place, and Peter then grabs his sword and uses it. You know, um, I'm not really sure why Peter was even carrying his sword in the first place. I mean, he wasn't even a son of thunder. He was a fisherman. But he wasn't scared to use it. He wasn't scared to use his sword, and he, and, and he pulled his sword and, and cut off the right ear of Malchus. Now, there are some who say that there is a supernatural hand that guided the sword so it only cut his ear off, because my guess is this big boy Peter swung for the fences and he was trying to cut somebody's head off. And if you want to believe that there was a supernatural hand there that made it just cut the ear, I'm okay with that. But let me just tell you this. Jesus healed Malchus's ear, and if he would have cut his head off, he would have put it back on there and healed him just the same. So I don't think, in my mind, <clears throat> maybe not a supernatural hand, but maybe. If that's what you believe, I'm okay with that. But there are some who also say that there's great significance to, to this right ear being cut off and the blood that, was, that, was, that, that, we, that we read about in the other Gospels and all the detail of it. And they try to tie it to the Old Testament. And if you do that, that's okay. But why couldn't this just be a man that was passionate about his part? And when they came and he said, you boys must be looking for a fight, he pulled his sword out and he wielded it and struck the man's ear and cut his ear off because he couldn't handle his sword. I'm okay with that. That's the picture in my head. That's the picture that I have of, of Peter. And in so doing, he fell to his flesh. He fell to his own emotion and what he wanted to do. He was passionate for his friend. We'll get to more of that in here in just a minute, but I want to go to verse 11 of chapter 18. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into the sheep. Put your sword into the sheep. Shall I not drink from the cup which my Father has given me? And we know in Matthew, Jesus tells Peter in verse 52 of chapter 26, He says, But Jesus said to them, Put your sword into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father, and He will provide me with more than twelve legions of angels? How then could the Scripture be fulfilled that it must happen thus? Jesus could have stopped it in an instant. He didn't need Peter to pull the sword and take the fight to these men. Church, when I step back and look at Peter and what he did, I know that he'd been told over and over and over the will of God. He knew what was going to take place. Maybe he didn't understand it, but he was told what was going to take place. But when it came time to allow the will of God to happen, Peter came, became all about his flesh. He became all about his emotion. And he let his emotion determine 
what he would do. He allowed his flesh to act. How many times do we allow our flesh, our emotion, to drive our action? How many times do we make decisions based off of our emotion rather than God's word or God's will? I know why. I know it's something that I gotta work on. I know it's something that I need to strive to, to pay attention to to make sure that I'm about God's word and his will and not my own flesh. Because I know that I need to listen to the statement that Jesus makes to Peter. Put your sword away. Put your sword away. I think we all have a lot to learn in that statement. So as we go on in verse 12, it reads, Then the detachment of troops and the captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound Him. And they led Him away to Annas first, for He was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. Now it was Caiaphas who advised the Jews that it was expedient that one man shall die. There is so much detail in this set of scriptures. And I pray that we'll come back to it as we journey on with Jesus. But this morning, I just want to, want to try to keep our focus on, on Peter and what's going on with him and his relationship with Jesus. So verse 15, And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. We know that was John. Most Bible scholars believe in John, I guess I should say. But now that disciple, now that disciple was known to the high priest, and went with Jesus, and went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood in the door outside. Then the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to her who kept the door, and brought Peter in. Then the servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, "You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you?" He said, I am not. Now the servant and officers who had made a fire of coal stood there, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. I'll tell you, I find it interesting that Peter's first denial of Jesus was, was with a girl. It was a servant girl. They ran the door. This was no big soldier that could have hurt Peter. This servant girl couldn't even arrest Peter. Brought no harm to him. But yet when she asked him, Are you with that man? Nope. She had no power to do anything. But yet he still said, I'm not. I want to make sure that we're not taking this denial out of context. You see, for the longest time, I thought when Peter denied Jesus that he was denying that Jesus was the Christ. I don't believe it. I don't believe in any way that that's what he was doing. Again, this is my opinion, and I want to make sure that you know that, but in this... I don't believe he committed blasphemy in any way. 
You see, a lot of people want to tie it to that, well, he committed blasphemy against Jesus, but not against the Holy Spirit. I think for the last year and a half, we've been working through John trying to tie that Jesus is 100% God. And we talk about who's in us. The Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son. Amen, amen, amen. Right? And so if we say that God, that Jesus is 100% God, and who's in us, they're all, this is Godhead, right? So if we wrong Jesus, if we commit blasphemy against Jesus, are we committing blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? If we're committing blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, are we committing blasphemy against God? I say yes. So, people who say, well, Peter didn't commit the unforgivable sin because he only committed blasphemy against Jesus, I say read the rest of the Bible. So you see, I don't think that he committed blasphemy in any way. Did he deny association with Jesus? Absolutely. Absolutely, he denied association with Jesus. And, and, and was he wrong? Did he sin? Yes. But he didn't commit blasphemy. And listen, if you want to disagree with me, that's okay. It's okay, but stick with me for a minute, okay? Stick with me for a minute as we, as we work a little more into this. Luke 22. Jump over there with me. Luke 22. We're going to be in verses 31 and 30 through 34. Luke 22. Luke 22, 30, starting verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, this is Peter, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. Think about this. This is Jesus talking to him. This is Jesus' words, okay? He says, but I have prayed for you that your faith shall not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. <laughs> But he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you. I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. <laughs> then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny three times that you know. See, it's not last association. Maybe I'm splitting hairs, but I don't think so. Jump back over to John. John chapter 18, verse 25. Now Simon Peter stood and warmed himself, therefore they said to him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of whose ear Peter cut off. I'm pretty sure he would recognize him. <laughs> Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter then denied again, and immediately a rooster crowed. I have one more place for you to go. First Peter. First Peter 5. If you want to, just write this down. If you, if, if you want to, flip over there with me. First Peter 5. And I want you to remember that this is Peter's words, okay? This is Peter's epistle. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. 
Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Again, Peter's words. Peter had been devoured. Peter had been devoured. So much that he began to curse and swear the last time he was asked if he was with Jesus. The other Gospels tell us that he, that he cussed and sweared. Maybe, maybe Peter thought, I mean, he was human, okay? He was just like me and you. And maybe at this point, as he's standing around the fire warming himself, and it's worldly people around him, and he says, you know what, maybe, maybe they'll believe me if I act like them. So he starts cussing and swearing, and I'm now part of them. Peter had been devoured. Devoured by the devil. Church, in no way did he deny Jesus in a blaspheming way. He was denying his spirit. He wasn't denying his flesh. Peter in no way denied his flesh and followed Jesus in this instant. Because of his fear, he allowed his flesh to overtake him. Just as he did in the garden when he pulled his sword out. Just as he did when he sank into the water because he took his eyes off of Jesus and he started to sink. He put his eyes on the world and the storm. And he was in of his flesh. You know, church, maybe when we were directly asked, all of us would say that, oh yes, I'm a Christian. I walk with Christ. But how many of us in our actions speak something completely different? How many of us speak in our actions and I and not this man's disciple. How often in the past week have your actions spoke, I'm not this man's disciple. How many times do we get devoured by the devil and we walk in the flesh? How many, how many, how many times do our actions speak the exact words that Peter spoke? <coughs> Being devoured by the evil one walking in our flesh. Speaking, I'm not a man. I'm not this man's disciple. You see, church, we can speak Jesus as Lord all the while. Our actions speak something completely different. My question this morning is how many of us need to hear the rooster crow? I need to hear the rooster crow. 
see, I don't think that Peter ever left Jesus. His faith didn't leave. He, he still had great faith in Jesus. Jesus had even prayed for him that your faith be strong. But in this instant, in this, in this minute where, where, where Peter was being put on or put in the pressure, he failed. You know, I look at it as maybe uh, two people who are together commit a crime. One commits the crime, the other one is the witness to it. And when the cops bring them together to ask them, and, and the witness, the witness that saw it all, when the, when the cops say, were you part of that? No, I wasn't part of it. Do you know that guy? No, I don't know that guy. <laughs> Their fear of what's going to take place says, oh, I think the fear that was in Peter said, oh, I don't know what. I don't know what lies ahead. But I can't overcome the fear. I can't overcome my flesh. And say, yeah. Yeah, I do walk with Him. Yeah, I, I am a disciple of Him. You know, I've always been a finger pointer at Peter. It's pretty easy. But as the old saying is, as soon as you point a finger, you got three pointing back at you. Yeah. That's me. Gil, don't laugh. <laughs> that's, that's, that's me. You know what? As soon as I say Peter committed blasphemy, I better step there with him. But did Peter fail Jesus? Yeah. Did he sin against him? Yeah. Just as I do. You know what? When Peter heard the rooster crow, we know that he wept bitterly. He left the situation and he wept. How many of us need to hear the rooster crow? Leave the situation and go weep for Christ bitterly. Yeah. But I want you to also know. I want you to also know that Jesus Christ is amazing. And even though we're not worthy of it, just as Peter was not worthy of the love and grace of Jesus, He poured it out on him. Just as He pours it out on us. So you know what? If you need to hear the rooster crow, Jesus is still right there praying for you. Right there with you saying, come on, I got you. Let's journey on. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail 
And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brother. Take it first. I have a lot to learn from this. I have a lot to learn from Peter in this instance. But today, if you're here in the rooster crow, just as Peter did, do as he did. Leave the situation. Weep for Jesus. Because you know what? Jesus is there. And it doesn't matter what you've done. Okay? Doesn't matter. No matter how long your list is. No matter how short it is. Doesn't matter how dark the ink is. Jesus loves you. Just as he loved Peter. So I want you to hear me this morning, church. No matter what happened yesterday, turn your eyes to Him and walk in. Okay? If the rooster's crowing, listen to it. Okay? Listen to it. Walk away from the flesh. Deny the flesh. Pick up the cross and follow Him daily is what He says. So church, I want to encourage you this week to not let yesterday be a baggage on you. Don't let yesterday or any day in the past deflect you from who you are in Jesus. Okay, walk in Him. Walk in Him. And if you need to change your ways just as Peter did, listen to the rooster crow. Walk away from the situation. Turn to Jesus. And if you're doing that for the first time today, then I want to pray with you. I want to talk with you. Because there is no better thing in this world than to accept Jesus as the Christ yeah. and know that He is the Son of God. And in that, you will have life in His name. So today, if you're doing that for the first time, I want to pray with you. If you've already done that, though, and you're here in the rooster crow and you need prayers, man, we are here to pray with you. The leadership of this church wants to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Come up front here in just a minute. Come to the back. If you head for the back, I promise you that an elder will walk back there with you. Let me also tell you that if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and you have not been baptized, let's do it. Let's do it. I hear the river's warm. Let's go to the river. I'm going to invite the music team to come on up. I hope that today... I didn't speak something that's not of truth in God's Word. I hope that I didn't take Peter's denial out of context. But if I did, come talk with him. What I want us to see is that we all fall short. We all fall short of the glory of God as soon as we stick our chest out think that we're better than Peter, you will be devout. You will be devout. Humble yourself and walk in Him. That's what we're called to do. That's what I want to encourage you today to do. Let's go to Him in prayer. Father God, I thank You so much. I thank You for Your love. I thank You that You know we fall short. You know that the only way we can be saved is if You went to the cross. It's all You, Jesus. We thank You for 
Peter and his account. We thank you that he had passion for you. And we can see that. But even in his passion, he fell short. Lord, help us to deny our flesh and even our passion. We don't allow the flesh to overcome us, but we walk in you. Walk in you. Lord, I pray if there's anybody here this morning that's here in the rooster crow, that, that they seek you. And if they need prayers in that, they seek those prayers. Lord, we lift up everybody here this morning. We lift them up to you. Praying for each one that their faith will not fail. Jesus, we thank You for Your prayer. We thank You for Your love. We thank You for Your grace. We thank You for Your salvation. And I pray that today everybody here knows it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.